The readings from Acts 10. It's the whole of Acts 10, so settle in. Um, <laughs> At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor has come up, have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants, a devout soldier who was one of his attendants, uh, sorry, and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house. Sorry, a holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. 
So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. When Peter began to speak, I, then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Thanks, Kate. That was a bit of a marathon. Well done. <laughs> so we're thinking about sharing our story. And we're going to uh, continue this over the next three weeks following today. Um, so today we're thinking about Peter and Cornelius. Uh, next week, Neil Atowell is going to share with us in person. Uh, he's here in Solihull on Philip and the Ethiopian. Uh, the week after will be an all-age service with John Penny and George, and that will be on Jesus and the woman at the well. And finally, uh, the final week will be on uh, Philip and Nathaniel. So three main points for today. One, we can share our story uh, because of this Bible passage. So unless anybody here is Jewish or got a Jewish background, we are here because of Cornelius, because this was the day that all Gentiles were enabled to hear and, and, and respond to Jesus. What is the story and how do we share that story? So, um, you know, a little bit about Cornelius, what is the story that we share and how do we share? 
So just that bit about sharing of good news to the Gentiles. So it is Pentecost Sunday today. We remember in Acts 2 uh, when the Spirit of God fell on uh, uh, the apostles and other believers and everybody spoke in tongues. And the Jews always had believed that they were the promised people, this special group of people that God had chosen. Um, and then this new group of people were following Jesus and became known as Christians, who proclaimed you didn't need to follow lots of rules, but just believe in God and believe in Jesus and be baptized. But this offer was mainly on offer to those who already knew God, who were part of that Jewish faith. But this passage tells us when that that amazing offer was on offer to all. Um, and here it was offered to somebody who was a Roman, somebody in a position of power who would have been feared. Cornelius was a military officer, somebody who uh, was also, though, devout. He revered God, he gave alms and prayed. He had seen the Roman gods on offer, but he'd seen something special in the God of the Jews. Cornelius was sort of almost standing in the doorway looking in, respecting those Jewish traditions, and doing his best to honour God in the way that he could. And there are two supernatural happenings within this event with Peter and Cornelius. So Cornelius sees an angel who tells him some very specific information about where to find Peter, and Peter has a vision of something that was quite unclear at the time, but became clearer. So number one, Cornelius is told by an angel to go to Joppa, sorry, to send people to Joppa to find Peter, who is staying with a tanner called Simon. And number two, Peter has this vision of a sail, uh, something looking like a sail, coming down to earth, and every kind of four-legged creature, reptiles and birds were in it. And he's told to get up and eat, that nothing is uncommon or unclean. And this happens three times and then is whisked back to heaven. Now, the basic Jewish laws at the time were not just about not eating pork, but other meat as well, as is listed in Leviticus 11. But there was also, it created divisions. So people who were Jews wouldn't eat with other people who weren't Jewish. Um, it was very symbolic. It was something where people ate together. It was a symbol of that family seating, sitting and eating together. And when the men who were sent by Cornelius got to Peter's house, the spirit said to Simon Peter, don't be prejudiced, I sent them. Now he may have already been opening his mind to new possibilities as he was staying with a tanner who had been working with dead animals in order to convert their hides to leather. Um, and so the people Cornelius sent wouldn't have been Jews and they'd been regarded as ceremonially unclean. And yet Peter invited the people in and put them up for the night, showing hospitality, this wouldn't have been expected. It would have been forbidden for a Jewish man to mix or visit a Gentile. So, um, but Peter says, you know, God has said, I shouldn't call anybody unclean or impure. So Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and there were lots of people waiting for him. And Peter then tells the story of Jesus, but frames this within the story of the God of the Old Testament. And says, if you fear him and do what is right all are acceptable. In other words, with the coming of Jesus into the world and with the sacrifice of Christ given and the command to take the gospel to the whole world, the old ceremonial laws about foods have been lifted and the barriers removed. And so Peter's vision had two points. The food laws are fulfilled and ended in Jesus 
and the people that kept you separate from the nations and the Gentiles are not to be considered unclean. So after this, um, he's, he sends to Joppa, he brings um, Simon called Peter, so you can hear what he says. He recognizes God, but actually Cornelius know, needs to know the gospel message of Jesus. And Peter ended his message in Acts 2 by calling even devout Jews to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So in other words, the Spirit has been sent to make Jesus real to people and to show us who he really is. And the Spirit is more likely to come in power where the truth about Jesus is being made plain. The Spirit loves to come and take that truth about Jesus and turn that into an experience of Jesus for the person listening. And this is what has happened in Acts 10. Peter's held up that verbal portrait of Jesus and the Spirit came and turned that portrait into the living reality of Jesus himself. So what was the story? Peter is saying to Cornelius, this God, who you've been worshipping from afar, has set everything right at last, and Jesus is at the centre of it. God has thus fulfilled the purpose that Israel was called for in the first place. And this is evidenced by the Spirit falling on them, and that they speak in tongues, as the apostles first did at Pentecost. And language is a symbolic reconciliation, being able to speak in tongues. It was something that united and, and um, brought people together. And Peter sort of said, obviously, God baptized them, not I. So what does Peter say um, that Jesus has done? So from that passage, God offers peace through Jesus, God proclaims Jesus Lord of all. God anoints Jesus with his spirit and power. Jesus is stronger than the power of sin and Satan. God is always with Jesus. Jesus died as though he was good, but God raised him from the dead. And God ordained Jesus as the judge of the living and the dead. Jesus is the source of God's forgiveness for sins. Now, Peter's original thought was that non-Jews who believed in, in Jesus would need to take on a Jewish identity and renounce their past. But actually, there are no barriers anymore. So why was it important that B Peter came out and told Cornelius about Jesus? Because they needed to hear that message about repentance, forgiveness, baptism, and receiving the Spirit. And just as the temple became redundant as they worshipped Jesus, Jews waiting for that, uh, sorry, Jews were a separate people, chosen and special. They were waiting for the day when God would carry out his plan and bring Jesus to this earth. The Jews, I, I, I think what we see in this passage is that there is um, a breaking down of barriers for both the Jews and the Gentiles. So in Jesus, he was almost humbling both parties. The Jews, as they recognized they were no longer in a privileged position, that the offer of, of salvation was open to all. And the Gentiles, 
because they needed to acknowledge this Jewish Messiah. But the, the result of this, was they, were, they were both enabled to encounter God's mercy. So how do we share our story? So last month, well, April, we're in June now, um, there was a report um, uh, called uh, uh, Talking Jesus. It was carried out by Savanta Comres, um, and they carried it out among 4,000 UK adults. And it was about the state of faith and perceptions of Jesus in the UK. And this is, was some key um, uh, sort of facts they found out. And again, I might put these in the weekly email. So 45% from this sample, 45%, they reckon, of the UK population believe in the resurrection. 45%. One in three non-Christians, after a conversation with a Christian, want to know more about Jesus. One in three non-Christians, after a conversation with um, a Christian, want to know more about Jesus. 20% of the UK population believe that Jesus is God. So one in five of the UK population believe that Jesus is God. 53% of non-Christians know a Christian. So half of non-Christians know a Christian. And one in three non-Christians, after a conversation, oh, I've said that one, want to know more about Jesus, I've said that one. <laughs> um, and in this country at the moment, um, their estimation is, that only 6% of UK adults are practicing Christians, i.e. Uh, sort of, you know, their faith is important to them and they live out their lives in that way. So 6% of UK adults are practicing Christians. 42% identified as non-practicing and 52% as non-Christians. So I think from these stats, I think there's a huge amount of opportunity to share our story. And one of the ways that they um, identified in terms of how we do that is growing up in church, as you can see from our video, growing up in a Christian family was a common route to faith. Reading the Bible, another route, and attending church, another route. And while some non-Christians perceive the church as uh, hypocritical and narrow-minded, many perceive their Christian friends as caring and friendly. So what were some of the recommendations from this report? So these might be some things to think about in terms of how we share our faith. Buy somebody a Bible. If you're expecting a radical new revolutionary approach, you know, don't be surprised. Um, actually, the Bible, um, and for a lot of people these days, they perhaps haven't even grown up with the Bible. They haven't gone to Sunday school. They haven't perhaps heard those stories. So actually, the Bible is quite novel. It's quite um, new. It's quite interesting. So um, the research reveals that not only was reading the Bible among uh, the most popular places non-Christians would go to find out about faith, it was also the single biggest influence in somebody becoming Christian. So why not give somebody a Bible with a note that says, here's a copy of my favorite book. I know the author. Number two, invest in friendships. So, you know, those 53% know somebody who is a Christian. So, um, and as I say, you know, often Christian friends are described as friendly, caring, and generous. So think about developing that friendship, having that conversation, uh, because you never know where that might end. Uh, another idea was to share good content online. Um, uh, so uh, the 
one of the places that people will go to find faith is online. Um, so you might post something on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, and actually something you post may help somebody connect with Jesus. And then invite them to church. 22% of not yet Christians would explore the Christian faith by going to church. And perhaps we need to think about how we um, invite and welcome people in um, to church as well. So I just want you to close your eyes a second. And we're just going to sort of see who perhaps God brings to mind that you might want to think about in terms of sharing a Bible, investing in a relationship, perhaps sharing some content online or inviting to church. And, you know, just two things as we think. One is that, you know, as I say, people often don't know the story. And so it's important for us to share the story of Jesus and who he is and what he's done. But also that God does, um, you know, speak to people. He brings about circumstances and situations where um, people can come and hear his word and hear his story. You know, God is the one who changes hearts and minds. We are just the medium, the method in which he does that. And he loves the fact that we join in with that. So just in a, 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 a just give a few seconds, just see if somebody, God brings somebody to mind that you might want to just be um, saying, please invest in this person today. Please share your story with that person today. As we think more about you, there are plenty of people who want to know more, who perhaps are struggling with life, perhaps struggling with issues and problems, feeling that there is no hope. And we have this hope to share. So let's just give a couple of minutes silence for, um, second silence for just that person we brought to mind and then I'll pray. Uh, uh, when Cornelius was searching for you, you brought the right person along. You sent him that vision and that angel to search uh, Peter out. And I thank you that he was able to come and share that story of who Jesus was. And that it brought many to know you that day, but it also enabled us to meet today as a group of Gentiles and hear your story and know that we have that gift of salvation for us. So Lord, I pray for that person that you may have brought to mind, that, or those people. I thank you that we are in their lives. I pray that you would give us opportunities to share in natural and genuine ways. And I pray that, you know, we would be open to those questions that might be asked. To explain more or to tell more. I pray that we wouldn't be frightened, but your spirit would give us power. Your spirit would empower us in those situations. Lord, I thank you that you want us to participate with you in sharing your story, that our story is part of your story and your story is part of ours. Lord, we pray that you would just bless those people today that we've thought about. Help us to love them as you love them. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen.